Hello and welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. And I'm Liz Gumbiner, and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. On today's episode of Spawned, we are talking to the amazing Siri Daly, the popular cookbook author, today food contributor, who you probably have seen, and common sense home cook, which we like. And we're going to talk all about making feeding kids more fun. Yes. One of my favorite topics. <laughs> yeah, one of yours. And hey, one of mine too and as always we will close out our show with our cool picks of the week but first okay i feel like i know siri i've seen her on the today show i know her blog but for people out there that don't know her and have yet to be introduced to her new cookbook seriously delicious let's talk about everything let's talk about yeah it. so you know sometimes we have these guests on and it makes me feel like well, what have we done with our lives, Kristen? And I kind of feel that <laughs> way looking at Siri. So she started as a TV writer and a producer. She became an NYC-based stay-at-home mom of three kids. Yo, NYC moms, yeah! Um, she started her popular food blog, Seriously Delicious. That's S-I-R-I, like her name, Siri, as a place to keep track of the recipes that were working for her own busy life and for her three kids. And what's more fun is she gets to work with her husband sometime. You may have heard of him, Carson Daly. And for from time to time, they actually do food segments together on the Today Show, where she's a regular Today Food contributor and their resident comfort food expert, which also one of my favorite things, Kristen. So, Siri, welcome. Yes, we We're know so that. happy welcome, to have you. Welcome, Siri. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yay. And first, I just have to ask you, do you get like a, a huge royalty from Apple for using your name? <laughs> I wish. Honestly. Because I really feel like every time my kids go, Siri, what's the weather? You should be getting a percentage of that somehow. Right? I mean, we can't even have that, like, HomePod, whatever it's called, in our house. I because know. Because it would be a disaster. Yes, yeah, so you're decidedly Alexa family. <laughs> Alexa family. Although Alexa, it, uh, funny story, does not like me. I swear. That bitch. And she knows my name is Siri. That's and so she funny. will not listen to me in our house. She listens to everybody else. But I sit there and I say her name over and over again, and she refuses to answer me. Oh, my God. It's like a little girl-girl competition. She's, she's holding a grudge. That's not cool. We're going to have to get in touch with Amazon <laughs> about that. So let's talk about food. Let's. We are so excited to talk to you about this. Yeah. And while I want to, like, can we just go back to the beginning first? Because as, like, OG bloggers from before people knew what blogs were and right. the side eye, um, we love to hear birth stories of blogs. So can you just talk a little bit? about how you got started with your blog because it sounds like that was yes. you know part of or all of the impetus for your book. Absolutely, yeah. So I started my blog about eight years ago, shortly after my first child was born. And I had always kind of anticipated going back to work, but about three months in, I was like, oh, let's wait till six months. And then at six months, I'm like, maybe nine months. And it just became clear that, that I wasn't ready to go back to what I was doing. But I also knew that I missed some sort of creative outlet that was just for me. So it was basically two parts. It was that I missed writing and having sort of a voice outside of like my mommy voice. And then also I was suddenly, you know, making these meals every night for my family. And it was a reason to sort of document everything that I was cooking, that I was trying, that I was creating on my own to share, you know, what went well, what was a disaster and to sort of just keep track of like my new domestic place in the kitchen. And it was, you know, those things that created my baby blog. I think that's partly <laughs> what makes it so relatable though, because, yes. you know, we, I mean, we have our own site, Cool Mom Eats, which is really just common 
sense, help and tips for moms, you know, I think very much in the same vein you come out of. And I think there's kind of two kinds of food bloggers out there. There's the like photographic perfection uh-huh. where you're like, oh, look at that six tiered unicorn cake. That's amazing. <laughs> and we'll never make it. And then I think there's the people that kind of came to it from real life and their own personal challenges in the kitchen and feeding families. And I find those, I mean, the other ones I love to look at, but right. I, I find ones like yours just truly helpful. Well, yeah, that was sort of my goal too, was just to kind of like keep it real. And before I even knew what I was doing with the pun in my name, calling it seriously delicious and spelling <laughs> it that way. Now, what I try to do is to get people to not take cooking so seriously and to have fun in the kitchen and to trust your instincts and to not freak out if you, you know, burn dinner one night. Don't let that scare you away from trying again. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and I also can't take a picture to save my life. Like, <laughs> I, I got a fancy camera for Mother's Day one year and I'm like, I just, I, you know, so it's not the photographic perfection that you see on those awesome blogs that I also love to look at. It's definitely just more real life. And meanwhile, can we all remind ourselves who we're cooking for here? These are people that we have to fight with to put pants on. You know what I'm saying? So like, I feel like let's to, remember like, our audience. And by the way, for our listeners, if I were to quit after every time I burnt something accidentally, my kids would starve. So it's a good impetus to keep going, even if you burnt yes, the toast or keep the trying. souffle fell. You know, exactly. It's okay. You're going to get that success. Who's your inspiration? Like, who are your favorite follows? I mean, we have the folks that we love to keep track of. Like we said, folks we love to look at and then folks we, we are really using their recipes in our own kitchen. What about you? We'd love to know right. who's on your list or your blog role if we're going back 10 years. <laughs> I mean, I feel like earlier on when I started, I was definitely reading a lot of The Smitten Kitchen oh, and yes. Pioneer Woman. I especially loved the Pioneer Woman's voice because there was a lot of humor to her her writing style, which was something that you know inspired me. And Smitten Kitchen, like I don't know, she just always had like the coolest recipes that and she really broke it down and gave you so many tips. And uh, I mean, she still does, but definitely that those were some of my earlier inspirations for just food porn, Half-Baked Harvest. Do you know that site? <laughs> yeah, Half-Baked Harvest is great. Oh. Gorgeous. They're just yeah. like, I literally want to lick my computer screen when I look at her stuff. There were so many. Like, I, I'm actually looking at my computer I right know. now. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, I love like, what's Gabby cooking? Mm-hmm. And actually, she's a mix, right? Like, her stuff is so beautiful, but I also feel like it's pretty approachable right, as right. well. So, you know, that helps for sure. And Rhee is just great because she loves butter. Liz, she should be a favorite of I yours. always love the kitchen, which was the spinoff from Apartment yes, Therapy because yes, they yes. had so much great, like, common sense, helpful, yes. very bloggy style articles. And one of my favorite writers from them was Ann Wolf Postick. And she just joined Cool Mom Eats. <laughs> I'm so happy. Awesome. So she's writing for us now also, which is, it's really cool when your favorite people that you've admired over the years are now working with totally. you. Totally. So, that is awesome. Yeah, it's neat, like, over the past 10 years to really get to know the space. I mean, I think that's one of the lovely things about kind of the early OG bloggers is that we yeah. are still a community in a lot of ways. Totally. I still have like friends. Carson always makes fun of me because he's like, have you actually met them? And I'm like, well, no, but like they're blogger friends. Oh, hey there, Carson. Listen, Carson, I'm telling you a story. <laughs> I met this awesome woman through her blog and she wrote on my blog and I wrote on her blog. And about a month later after meeting on our blog, she said, hey, do you want to start a website together? Which ended up becoming Cool Mom Picks. And four months <laughs> we after never that, met. 
met either. We met in person four months later, and 12 years later, she's one of my best friends and my business partner. So none of this dissing blog friends. Blog friends are real friends. And I'm about to meet, I'm about to meet one of mine in California in a couple of weeks. So oh, that's awesome. we're going to just throw oh, it at Those are awesome. Um, you know, um, Catherine McCord from We Licious. Yes, we yes. So we've actually yes. never met, but we like just have over the years, like she's written on my blog, we've communicated. So we have similar friends in oh, common. Oh, she's just, so it's really great. Cool. We hung out yeah. at the blog her food conference last year in Austin, and she's delicious. She's lovely. Although her school lunches, I'm kind of like, Catherine, come on now. <laughs> Her children eat that is what I just don't understand. I know. She's like, these are beet roots. Yeah. And I'm going, uh, I follow her Instagram okay. and her little like two-year-old's just like munching on a turnip, like a raw turnip. <laughs> like, what? Not my child. It's amazing. No, well, no. actually, I'm glad you brought her up because I noticed she blurbs your book, which is really cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, one yeah. of the things yeah. she said was that series book should really be titled Happy Food. And I love that. I thought that was really clever. Yes. What do you think is the trick to happy food? Well, I think just making sure that you love what you're making. I mean, it sounds really, really simple. And, you know, you always hear people say like cooking with love and all of that, but it really does make a difference. Like if you're making something that you don't want to make, then you're going to either mess it up along the way or it's just not going to taste good. That sounds crazy, but I really do believe that if you keep it simple and if you keep it to what you love, you're going to have happy food. That's easy <laughs> enough. My definition of happy food is food with butter. So, <laughs> or bacon, butter and bacon, the two B's. Mine is just basically anything I shouldn't be eating. Pretty much happy food. <laughs> yeah, both that things. ranges from like fettuccine Alfredo to like junior mints. Yeah, exactly. Which are, I just found in my car, by the way, like completely melted. That just oh, reminded oh, me. I need to, need to remove that. Real mom moment. Real mom moment. Uh, my joke is that I feel like our family could survive in our car for a week on just mints? based on crumbs, <laughs> activities, Goldfish. And other toys and things, and even money that's been lost in yeah. my car. And if so. I may give a junior mint tip, if you do not finish the pack, like the massive pack from the movie theater, the box doesn't really close, and it's not the best idea to then just dump it in your tote bag and save it for later because you'll have oh, congealed no. junior mints <laughs> yes. all over your bag and ask yeah. me how I know. I feel like this has happened to you. Okay, so can we talk about feeding kids? Yes. yes. Because you talked about happy food, but let's talk about feeding kids because okay. to us, this is the biggest challenge. We know there are rewards, but we would just love to know what's your approach? You've got three kids. How do you approach feeding them? I have three kids and very different eaters. My son is nine. He's like my light at the end of the tunnel. He's showing me that there will be a day when they will eat salad. So <laughs> with my three-year-old and five-year-old, I swear they all hit a point at 18 months when they just started to form their own opinions and had control issues and decided to stop eating everything I was cooking them. It was like Ugh. a day. I could mark it on my calendar. It's hard too. Yeah. Yes. That's the worst. It's really hard where you're like, but you liked sweet potatoes yesterday. Yeah. Exactly. And I yes. have eight jars of them and I have to throw I them out now. <laughs> exactly. So from 18 months on, it's just been a series of trying and trying and trying and trying again. And, you know, I think like my biggest tips are, well, to keep trying, but then also to like get your kids in the kitchen, have them cook with you because if they're a part of it, they're going to be a little more willing maybe to put things in their mouths. Yep. And then when all else fails, bribe them or sneak food into their, <laughs> into their <laughs> recipes without them knowing. Where do you stand on that, by the way? Because I know people tend to be very strongly in one camp or the other. Are you a I, sneaker or a revealer? Oh, I'm a sneaker. I mean, I, I tried the opposite way and, and I still do both. I think that you don't have to be one or the other. 
Right, um, right. Because I've had those moments of like sheer panic where I'm like, oh my gosh, what's in their bodies? They are not getting anything else. <laughs> so I'll, you know, make us, I, meatballs are my like go-to for sneaking in vegetables uh. because they just, they don't know. Like you can get carrots and you can get spinach in there. And if you put it in sauce, like they really won't know. But you know, I've tried everything. I've tried like the, oh, this is a green popsicle. Like, <laughs> and my kids see right through it. So I, I'm not, I'm not a of sneaking but again like now my kids are they're getting there so I just I how know old are your kids now well my oldest is nine um and then I have a five-year-old Etta and then a three-year-old London so two girls and the oldest is a boy you're in the thick of it yeah <laughs> yeah I was just gonna say you are in the weeds you're in the weeds yes and by the way I'm in the both camp too I mean my thing I don't like to call it sneaking I like to call it clever parenting right <laughs> Exactly. I just want them to eat healthier, but also I still offer vegetables, but at least I feel like if they're refusing them, then at least I know that they're getting some nutrition, like just something in right. that macaroni and cheese that they've eaten for the fifth day in right. a row. Plus, you know, your five-year-old does not ask you every ingredient that goes in every recipe. So exactly. it's not even sneaking. Like my, the two yeah. that my kids really liked was um, rolling the chicken nuggets in butterscotch, uh, definitely not butterscotch. <laughs> I would love butternut squash puree (laughs) before rolling them in panko. It actually made it really flavorful and they loved that. And my mom, the awesome grandma, made them the infamous pink pancakes from Jessica Seinfeld's deceptively delicious the other delicious cookbook um <laughs> and and they're basically beets and ricotta and they were too sweet for me but they just loved bright pink pancakes and so right. they didn't even care that they were beets they were pink yay pink pancakes yeah. so i don't know it's all just spin parenting is spin half the time anyway i know exactly yes. Yep, it's you, definitely it's survival too. You know, you got you just got to do what you got to do. Um, so let's talk about this book of yours. I have it now. My husband actually does all the cooking in the house, so nice. um, I looked through it. I bookmarked a few things, and then I handed it over to him <laughs> to give things a try. But I'm wondering, what are your favorite go to recipes from Seriously Delicious? As far as like easy weeknight meals, I definitely make the crispy chicken pie yard a lot. Mm. Um, again, because I can get a lot out of that recipe. I hate being like a short order cook. So my girls will eat the crispy chicken and I'll throw some like veggies on their plate, but my son will eat the whole thing with the salad. So it's a great meal because I can pull things out of it for everyone and it's quick and it's delicious. And I usually make extra chicken and then I'll have, you know, leftovers for sandwiches and salads and whatnot. Again, in that same vein, the Italian wedding soup I make a lot because Ugh, with the meatballs, yes. I can bake the yes. meatballs first. I can feed my girls the meatballs if they don't want the soup. And that's another easy one that I love having leftovers. I don't know about you guys, but and, yes. and my husband hates leftovers. But I uh, yeah, them. I'm not a leftover person either. I it just I never is as leftovers. good the next day. I just oh, are I you like kidding? I disagree. Wait a second. <laughs> Hold I know. Up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not Look, a leftover wait. person. Are you kidding? I mean, turkey after Thanksgiving the next day. No, turkey. Turkey is a rare exception. Turkey is still good <laughs> the next day. My kids eat a lot of pasta. I guess that is just never as good the second yeah, day. Yeah, there there are definitely ones that aren't. Yeah, pasta is a tough one to do the next day. But just back to this Italian wedding soup because my husband he makes that. Okay. And I feel like that's the one thing that all my kids will eat. There's meatballs in there, and then sometimes we put pasta in, but sometimes we don't. It's right. got like the escarole. So I yep, feel like they're getting veggies, a vegetable. Uh-huh. I feel like parents forget about soup. I don't know if that's know. been your experience. I love soup. I do Me it a lot. Me too. I, it's a really simple thing to pull off. 
like you can really do it like with anything you have in your fridge and leftovers are actually good to throw into that. I have a recipe in the book that I call leftover veggie soup. It's a fridge cleaning recipe, which I love. Soups seem like something you'll make only in like the colder months, but I, I make them all year round. I love soups. I'm going to just keep talking about soups. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't care if it's hot outside. I will yeah. eat a soup. It doesn't matter. I don't yeah. know. Also, they're a good way to get younger kids veggies, I feel like, because right. the veggies are very soft. Right. Oh, yeah. We call so. we call like orange soup. My, my three-year-old will eat orange soup, carrot, sweet potato, butternut squash. She'll do that as long as we just mm. call it orange soup instead <laughs> of what it really is. <laughs> I love kids. Kids yeah. are awesome. Oh, kids. Yeah. You know that scene where Luke Skywalker in the first original movie, not the, you know, the prequel mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. where he's with his aunt and uncle eating with that gigantic spoon and bowl. Would that be A New Hope <laughs> episode four, Kristen? That would be. Thank you very <laughs> much. I would tell my son that that was what Luke Skywalker was eating because you can't really ever see what's actually in that bowl. And so like every time I'd be like, yeah, it's broccoli in there. That's what he's eating in the bowl. (laughs) He he would just eat it. But then he he, he, like figured me out. Like I got a week out of that one. And then you got to go into a new one. When our kids were little, we used to always write about how everything was spin, right? And we'd be like, no, 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 they're princess nuggets. No, 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 they're princess trees (laughs) for broccoli. No, 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 they're princess clouds for (laughs) cauliflower. So everything was just like named after some sort of like character or hero they loved it made it 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 Elsa eats those (laughs) oh yes 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 everything Elsa or Frozen for whatever the popular movie is now what about busy parents you're a busy parent we're busy parents and we have a, a new Facebook group called Recipe Rescue we've got a food site and we find that the biggest issue with cooking other than picky kids I think picky eaters are a tough one are that we're so busy and it's tiring, especially like I'm sure you can relate. Like you weren't a chef. Like you came into this at a function. So many parents are cooking because they have to keep their family alive. (laughs) Like that's what we have to do. Not because it's our favorite thing ever. So what do you tell busy parents? Like what's your advice to them so that they can make this work? I think that the biggest thing for me is to plan ahead as much as possible. And I'm still working at that. I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible like meal planner, but when I do it, when I figure out like on Sunday, okay, what we're going to eat for the rest of the week, maybe have a night where you're going to do takeout or where you're going to go out. But if you can like sort of figure that out and then if possible, get your grocery shopping done on say Sunday, get everything you need. That helps so much. But again, I'm horrible at it. I'm that person that has to go to the grocery store three times a week because I just can't get everything all at once. Yes. But it's, it's really like, like amazing how much planning can help you. And we have it easy in New York because we can like walk to the corner and go to the meat <laughs> shop or go get fresh bread right. or go right. to the cheese place. Like, like they're all within two blocks. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely harder in the suburbs where you really do have to plan because you can't just, you know, run yeah. next door. Nobody wants to get in their car at four o'clock because they need an ingredient for dinner. No, so that's the worst, especially with kids. Yes. Going to the grocery store with kids is the worst ever. Yes. And you know, I just try to remind myself that planning always pays off. Right. Like as much as I hate doing it, when I do it, when I can open my fridge and I see like all the meals are ready or I've got lunches done or whatever, or even just putting like a meal plan on the chalkboard, right? I just feel so much better. So I try to remember that feeling. Exactly. And Siri, what do you recommend for families that have kind of crazy schedules? Because I I would love to do more meal planning, but one of the challenges is like, you know, sometimes my boyfriend's home by six from work, sometimes he's home by 7.30, and sometimes my kids are suddenly like, you know, as they get older, they're like, oh, by the way, I'm staying at so-and-so's house, and we're having pizza for dinner, and so it's kind of like hard to plan our week in general, let alone planning the meals. Do you have any suggestions for that? Well, I mean, as my kids are getting older, too, I'm like seeing that, like our our schedules every day are insane. There's something every day, and I'm, I'm not 
trying to overbook them, but it just kind of happens that way, especially if you have more than a couple kids. So yeah, I think that what we try to do, which really helps is at least, you know, a couple nights a week, we try to sit down together. You know, it's easier now because again, my, I have a three-year-old, like they're not all fully involved in activities. And I'm very lucky that like my husband works in the morning and is usually home at that time. So like we can make it work, but if you can even find just like one or two nights, cause it's just so helpful, like as a family to kind of like I don't know. Yes. Just check in, be together. I mean, it's not It's not always. No, I agree with you. I think starting small. And that's where the leftovers come in, right? Yeah, that's where the leftovers <laughs> come in. Too. That's and where we need to get more into leftovers so that if someone does not eat my chicken paillard <laughs> that night, they will have it the next night. Yes, yes. Right? Or, my you kids. know, or the soup. Like, yeah. you have yeah. a soup night. Right. Make the one dinner night, I guess, like the night where, you know, they made your Italian right. wedding soup and they're sitting down, like, because you already did it maybe the night before. Yeah. I know that's the same for me. I have four kids. They're 13, 11, 9, and 7. And wow. just the other day, my husband made fried chicken and he totally lied about eating it which I think is hilarious like he didn't eat it but he said he did I'm like can you not find anything better to lie about like a delicious piece of fried chicken he was like I ate it and I'm like but I don't think you did but I realize that we need to sit down more right like we just can't do this grazing and so the idea like you said of just doing like even if it's just once a week at first where you can have everybody sit down start small I think that's great advice and Siri do you have like a kind of night off like do you tend to say like okay one night a week the husband does the cooking (laughs) or two nights a week is takeout night or pizza night or breakfast for dinner do you schedule that in yes totally I feel like the weekends we really try to either get out or we'll do like a pizza night or especially as the weather gets nicer like Carson really does love to grill so he'll take on like pretty much you know I'll maybe make a salad or something but yeah absolutely I mean I love to cook but nobody wants to cook every single day like don't Uh, no I'm glad to hear you say that because I think a lot of moms in particular put pressure on themselves that they feel like they have to have like a 100% homemade perfect well-balanced six-course meal on the table at six o'clock every night and I think we're kind of hard on ourselves and you know it's not going to kill you to like take out the rotisserie chicken totally. from the supermarket one night or oh, yeah. go out for pizza every Friday. Yes, those rotisserie chickens are definitely a great shortcut. And I, you mentioned breakfast for dinner. Love doing that. Uh-huh. Bacon, eggs. Like, it's so easy. Yes. And it's fun. I think yes. it's fun. My kids yeah, scrambled like, eggs oh, for dinner is a really good cheat in our house. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Plus, you know, protein. <laughs> I actually turned it into restaurant night. So I would take their egg order. Oh, so I'd be like, that's oh, And it would be really fun. Yeah, it's really cute. So I'd be like, hello, sir. How would you like your eggs this evening? And it, they love it. Those oh, you know what? kids were little. And now they probably yell that's at me. That's a great idea. <laughs> I'm going to do that's that. So- My daughter would love to pretend like she's like, you know, the waitress yes. or something. I'm going to steal exactly, that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, do it. Let me know how it goes. But Kristen, do they all want their eggs different? Like, because if one kid wants hard boiled and one kid wants scrambled and one kid wants fried, I would have a connection. That would not. <laughs> no, it's usually like, yeah, no poached eggs here. <laughs> I would like I'll eggs have the Benedict. Eggs Florentine with the extra side of Bernays sauce. on the side. <laughs> on the side. All right. So, last question for you before we get to our cool picks of the week. I want to know. I'm sure Liz does too. How do you hope families are going to use your cookbook in their own kitchen? I hope that people, first of all, find like a go-to recipe that they love. But I guess my biggest goal is that people just find it fun and it makes cooking seem a little less intimidating to them and that they're able to make it their own. 
I would love to hear that people found recipes and then they decided to trust their own instincts and they added this or they, you know, swapped that. That is my goal is to show that recipes aren't so written in stone. Like they're a template for you to just kind of have fun with. And I wanted to create, you know, really approachable, adaptable recipes in the book. So that's my goal is that people, you know, really find it fun and easy to use and fun to read too. That was another kind of goal of mine because every recipe really does tell a story. Oh, that's beautiful. That should be the name of your second book. Thanks. <laughs> and surely as moms, we have all kinds of stories when it comes to every recipe. When it comes to food. But, you know, I appreciate that as someone who is intimidated by recipes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the reason why I don't love cooking as much as I would like to is because you feel like, oh, there has to be this result. And especially now when you see all the photos on social media, like before it was like, there's a photo in the cookbook wasn't, was like kind of crappy. So you didn't worry so much. But now it's like, this is what this recipe should look like. Right. You know, and I think especially for type A personalities, like raising my hand, like it gets intimidating. So I love the idea of just using this, using them as a template, but also, you know, the idea of having fun because by the way, Liz, you know, my favorite saying, if we weren't laughing, we'd be crying. We'd be crying. I just I just <laughs> quoted you on that yesterday, actually. Absolutely. <laughs> so I feel like more fun is awesome. Yes. All right. So where can people find your book? It's everywhere, but we'll just say Amazon. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever books are sold. <laughs> That's and my if favorite people way have of more saying. questions for you, where's the best place for them to reach you? Twitter, Facebook? Uh, um, yeah, uh, all of the places. I, well, I don't do Snapchat, really. I can't keep up with all no, of it. But I'm no, done. No, no. no Snapchat. No, we're here. done. We're out. Yeah. Don't worry Twitter about it. Twitter is seriously delish. Instagram, seriously delicious. Because Twitter, you know, needed yes. more room. Yes. <laughs> S-I-R-I-O-U-S-L-Y. Siri, like Siri, like, yes. the, you know, the Apple that program that robot stole their name from Seriously delicious. And of course, we will make sure to have links up to your book so people can go to our podcast page. We're going to link it up. We'll have a photo of it. So make sure everyone can find it and add it to their collection. Or hey, you know what? For folks that maybe have never bought a cookbook, this one is a really great first cookbook. Yay. So just putting that out there. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Okay. So now it's time for Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. And Siri, as our guest, we would love you to go first. Okay. So I had to think about this, but there's something that I recently bought that I've been using all of the time. And as a busy mom that has like no time to take care of her skin, I really appreciate this product. And it's called Miracle Water. I like the sound of that. Yes. And anything that says Miracle, right? It's made by It Cosmetics. (laughs) And it's like a three-in-one tonic. So it like gives you a skin brightening boost. It's an anti-aging treatment. And then it's also like a cleanser exfoliating thing. So all in one. I do it in the morning at night, and I really feel like I've seen, like, a brightening difference in my skin. Wow. So there you have it. Our oh. listeners love beauty pics, yes, and that's one I haven't heard of. Kristen, we're going to have to, like, arm wrestle each other to try that one. I yeah. know. Well, the thing is, I just cannot, like, I try every time to do the cleanser oh, and then the toner, and then the, I cannot keep no. up with it. So I love the idea of just one One thing. thing. That's one all thing. I have time for in my Doing life. three jobs. I can't even floss. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't floss. Miracle water does not floss your teeth. Yeah, no, it doesn't. <laughs> okay, Liz, what about you? What's your cool Ooh, pick? Okay, so here's my cool pick. Um, my pick is the Alamo Draft House Cinema. Have you been there, Siri? You keep talking about I this know, place. I know, I've mentioned I them in passing when talking about movies in general, but I want to make them my dedicated cool pick of the week. So the cool thing is, I think a lot of people don't realize this, there are 29 locations around the country. So this is not just in Austin and New York City. They're in Nebraska and Missouri and San Francisco and Charlottesville and Virginia. They're all over the place. And it is 
the single best way to enjoy a movie ever because you get assigned seats if you can get one they sell out fast that. that's the one thing they're big wide comfy seats and here's my secret tip first row recliner seats with like little leg rests. Yep, you get like your little lazy nice. boy. There is an awesome table in between every two seats because they have a menu and they will bring you delicious food and homemade milkshakes. Wait, what? Yep, you can eat wow. fabulous food. It's spendy, but like it's so worth yeah. it not to eat just like crappy, awful popcorn. Like they have yeah, really good dollar popcorn. Yeah, real. Oh my god, the chocolate chip cookie milkshakes they make. Oh, and by the way, they'll put booze what? in it if you'd like. I was just about what? to say, is the bar okay. open at, at this place? Ex- yeah, yes, the bar, is, the bar open. is open. Like, so we'll get. Margaritas and queso, and it's so great. But here's something I think that our listeners would really like. First of all, they're doing all kinds of cool Mother's Day programming. So you can like see the sound of music. They'll like bring back revivals like that. And you can see it with your kids. But also, they've got Alamo Family now, where you can see things like a Mean Girls movie party if your kids are a little older, or My Neighbor Totoro, or Castle in the Sky. You know, we love those Studio Ghibli movies. Yes. And they'll do like great programming around them. And they'll sometimes come up with like special menus with cool dishes themed around the items and it's so fun it's such a great experience it's cool if you have kind of a small birthday party maybe for kids and it's just like it makes a a movie going experience a little more fun and I just I love this company and they're so nice by the way like the people that wait on you could not be like more friendly and nice it's like going to Disneyland wow I need to check that out okay I'm in I'm in is it loud are there loud eaters no that was my my first concern too Kristen so here's the best part there are no ads besides trailers so they do um, cool, okay. like, artsy, you know, like, before we saw Shape of Water, they did a whole thing about sea creature movies through the years and, like, just cool, you know, art film montages or funny short films about the actors. There was a Ryan Gosling one you would really like, by the way. That was funny. Mm. Um, and so then yes. they do very funny ads about how you cannot talk you cannot use your phone and you can't come late. And if anybody is talking or loud next to you, you just kind of quietly raise your little menu card. Someone will come by and talk to that person no and way. Then kick them? them out. Yes, they do. <laughs> and one of the funniest ads, I've got to find it and put it up on our site. One of the funniest oh ads God. that they run is an actual like 10 minute voice message from a young girl who was complaining about being kicked out of the show <laughs> for stalking. <laughs> oh my god, like, that's amazing. It wasn't even my fault that, that. Like, my phone was on. I was just using the flashlight. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, my, oh my God, gosh. that is really funny. It sounds like they have a sense of humor about it, too, which yeah, is good. Yeah, sense of humor, <laughs> nice awesome. people, good food, assigned seats. Okay. Anyway, Alma Draft House, it's like my number one favorite place. I'm looking them up right now to see if they're anywhere near me in Philly. Um, but anyway, okay, so my cool pick of the week is the Fitbit Versa. Have you guys seen this? It just came Ooh, out. I haven't it tried it. It looks exactly like the Apple Watch. Oh, no. <laughs> Imagine that. But it's a Fitbit. Yeah, so it's like their version of what... Uh, Fitbit Apple Watch would look like. Um, but I have to say, I'm very impressed. And the price point, it's comparable to like the first iteration of the Apple Watch. But as you start to have the other Apple Watch Series 2 and Series 3, then this one right. is certainly competitive in terms of price. But it's great. I mean, Fitbit technology is so awesome. It keeps track of all your activity and your sleep, but it has integration with your phone. So I get my text messages on it. Oh. 
And I get, yeah. So why would you choose this over an Apple Watch? Okay, well, there's the price thing. There's also Android users, right? Uh, Well, yeah. So who don't necessarily need the iPhone integration. And also, it doesn't have all the features. Because, like, I have to say, like, I've been actually trying to downgrade my tech a little bit, which is weird because we have a tech site. (laughs) But I just feel like I'm overwhelmed. Sometimes we know too much. With too much. (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't need my phone to, like you know, do everything. I just kind of needed to have the time, keep track of my activity. And, you know, it has like a Starbucks integration. So like, what else do I need? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's 199 bucks. So when you think about it, do I need like the $300, $400 Apple Watch that also has cellular? Or do I just need this awesome gadget that gives you great data? And lets me know that my phone is ringing, but, uh, you know, it doesn't allow me to do 400 other things. So anyway, I'm going to write this up. That sounds like a good Mother's Day gift, too, if you're spending like a little it more is. on Mother's Day this year. It is. It is. So I'm going to put this up on Cool Mom Tech. I just I've only tried it for a couple of days, but I feel like it's good enough for me to recommend it as a cool pick of the week. Excellent. What a good variety of cool picks. Awesome. Yes. Okay, well, thank you so much, Siri. That's thank it. Thank you guys so we much for it. having me. Woo-hoo. Well, wow, that was such a fun episode. Thank you, Siri. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining us for another episode of Spawned. And huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen, who makes us sound fabulous. Yes, he does. And we love hearing from you. We love getting your reviews on iTunes. We love when you subscribe. We love when you save or download our episodes because all of those things actually help more people find Spawn. And we love when you write to us. Spawn yes. at coolmompicks.com even if you don't agree with something. Like the Vax yes. Denier who wrote to us last week to say that we had all our facts <laughs> wrong on autism. We love getting those too, believe me. Yeah. And you know, if email, you want to go public, hit us up on Twitter. We're cool mom picks hashtag spawn show or on facebook as well thanks so much for listening to spawn this is Kristen, and this is liz have a great day bye